We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hello, everyone. Welcome. My name is Siope. I'm one of the hosts here at the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Today, we are going to be discussing what you can do as a parent when your child becomes violent. Now, this is an important topic. I have received various coaching calls about families who are struggling with a child who becomes violent when they become angry. And the violence is manifested in them hitting or throwing things that may hurt themselves or hurt other people, damaging property. And we're talking about physical violence. That is the reaction that they have when they don't get their way or when they are told no. And so these things are really difficult for a lot of parents to navigate. What do they do? How do they interact or engage with their child? And what are the things they should be thinking about? Now, during this podcast, we are going to be talking about why these behaviors seem to happen, especially at a higher percentage with children who have ADHD. And then we will talk about things that you can specifically do and things that you need to consider when you're dealing with a violent child. So let's start off first with why is your child aggressive? Why does your child resort to physicality when your child is upset or doesn't get what they want? Now, there may be various reasons why they can lose control of their emotions and they are acting out to try and get what they want. In some instances, I've seen children use it as a manipulation because they've noticed that when they become physical with a parent, they can get their way. And so you as a parent are going to have to really evaluate what is behind this. Is my child out of control unable to really think and process about the consequences of this behavior? Or is my child doing this to get what they want because they know there's a certain limit where I will give up as a parent and just give them their way? So just be aware of those. Now, that's not a bad thing for a child uh, in trying to get their way. That's the job of a child, really, is to figure out exactly how do I get my needs met We as parents are there to help teach them what are the appropriate ways to do that and what are the inappropriate ways and why the inappropriate ways are not helpful or effective or will serve them in the long run. Okay. Now, some of the reasons that ADHD children struggle with being physical or being violent is that ADHD children tend to have a lot of energy and this energy can be easily transferred into aggression when there's high emotional needs that are not being met, when they feel like they are not being listened to or they feel like they are not being respected or given what they want, it can translate into how do I deal with these difficult emotions and it may come out as physicality. So this is something that parents need to take into consideration with your ADHD child. Just understand it is being triggered by emotions many times and it can be triggered by just their thought process and what I can get. But evaluating that with your child is going to be essential for your success because your approaches to those are going to be very different. If your child is doing it as a manipulation, then you need to be very consistent and not give in and be very structured in your approach in getting them to just follow instructions and do what you ask. And it's almost like this repeating parrot talk that you will be doing in order to just help them understand that regardless of their acting out, this is the way things are going to be. So it's very important for you as a parent to be aware that if that's what they're doing, then that's what they're doing. If it's on the other side where we're dealing with high emotionality, 
then the goal is to teach your child how do we manage those emotions and what are other ways that you can express your frustration and get what you need, but also communicate what you need in order for me to help you as a parent. So very different approaches depending on where your child is. You as a parent need to really think about these things. And I think that that's one of the beauties of what we do here at Smarter Parenting is we really want to be proactive as parents in thinking ahead of what it is your child is going to need in order to help them succeed. Many, many, many parents act only on what is happening in the moment. So they're reactive parents. They're not proactive parents, but they're reactive parents. So they're reacting to whatever is happening around them. And that can be a very difficult thing because if you're always reacting, you just never know what's coming around the corner. And many times it's too late to de-escalate something or to prevent something from happening. You're actually waiting till something happens in order to move forward. That's a reason why it's important for you as a parent to do this evaluation of your children, but also understanding that your child's violent outbursts can be stemmed in this desire for your child to be heard emotionally or to get what they want. And with ADHD children, because they have so much energy, it can manifest as super aggressive. Now, another symptom of ADHD is that children really can't think through consequentially of what this action is is going to mean in the future. So they may act out and punch, but not think ahead as, well, if I hit someone, I'm going to be in huge trouble. I may be grounded. They're really stuck in the moment. And it's important for you as a parent to understand that you don't want to focus too far in the future on the consequences of those behaviors. I've heard it so many times when a child becomes aggressive that a parent's like, you know, if you do that, you're going to go to jail. Well, Saying something like that to a child, it doesn't really mean anything because that is a consequence that is unrealistic to them and too far in the future. And it just doesn't make sense. So they don't have the ability to think consequentially about what this means unless you're able to make it connected to the present moment. And that's a difficult thing to do for a lot of parents. So be careful of the words that you use and what you're using to help your child work through that. Giving them consequences or telling them about consequences of their behavior that are way in the future really don't mean anything. And it's very difficult for a child to change their behavior based off of those reasons. Now, they may be reasons that are very valid and in fact are true. To you, it makes sense. But to your child, especially a child with ADHD, they are not thinking consequentially that way. So make everything as tight as you can into the present moment. So for example, if I was working with a child who became physically violent and started hitting me, I'd say, hey, you're hitting me right now. And I'd give him an instruction what he needed to do. Uh, But as far as consequences go, I would have to decide, okay, is there a consequence in this very moment that would be appropriate to share with him? Or do I just not give the the consequence and wait for him to make a decision if he's going to follow my instruction? We'll get more into this later on in the podcast because that goes along with what you can do as a parent, okay? But it's important to understand that sometimes children cannot think consequentially about what is ahead because of their violent behaviors. And you need to not make that more difficult for them by thinking about what's happening in the future and telling them about it because it won't make sense to them, okay? It'll make sense to you, but it may not make sense to them. And it can further lead to more aggression. So we're looking to de-escalate aggression 
rather than to try and counter it in a way that we are competing with logic and facts because your child doesn't have the brain capacity to understand those concepts. Okay, so we're dealing with high emotion, we're dealing with energy, we're dealing with a lack of consequential thinking. So the best approach is not to give a child a lecture about things, uh, which is something a lot of parents do when they are struggling with a child. Now, these things are things that parents need to take into consideration when they're dealing with a child who becomes violent. Now, the, the, the main thing, though, that a parent should take into consideration is whether or not the behavior the child is exhibiting is harming themselves or harming another person, or destruction of property to where it is a real issue. Those are the things that you as a parent need to evaluate if the danger is beyond them, like hurting somebody or hurting themselves, then you need to get additional help. You need to, you can call 911 for help. I've, I've heard, had parents do that because the violence is just too much. And um, it's important for you to get help. Now, if you are in a, in a moment where you are unable to get help, uh, what I would highly suggest for parents who are like, well, I don't want to call the police every single time there's a violent behavior. I want you to write down a list of people that you can contact that are perhaps neighbors or somebody that you trust or that you know that you can reach out to in order to get some type of support, because it's important for you as a parent to have some type of support when these types of behaviors are happening to keep it from escalating to, to more difficult uh, arenas. Now, in smarter parenting, our whole goal is to help parents prepare for these events so they know exactly what to do, but it's also to help prevent these events from happening by helping parents learn techniques beforehand in order to help a child deal with these emotions. So if you're a parent that's finding yourself having to deal with these violent behaviors consistently, like every day, it's important for you to get some help. And the help that you need sometimes will have to be professional help, most likely often than not, if you're dealing with violent behavior that is harming other people or yourself or damaging property or pets or, you know, if it's extreme, then you will need professional help. That's just what you will need in order to help your child move along into a more productive state. Again, for parents who are dealing with this issue, I highly recommend you make a list of friends or family members you can call for support. Uh, if these are happening, if the police is someone that you're uncomfortable calling consistently. I know a lot of parents are like, I don't want to call the police. Well, call somebody because you're going to need some support throughout this process. Now, you can help de-escalate your child yourself. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if they're damaging property to a point where it's irreparable harm, if they are harming themselves or they're harming you in a way that is dangerous, life-threatening, then definitely you need to reach out for some help and professional help is necessary in that instance. Okay, your child's going to need a little more than what you can provide. So we want to be sure that our focus is on safety for everybody while we're working through these violent behaviors. Okay, and that's a tricky call. But parents, you know what you can do and you know your child. So you'll know where the limits are and the boundaries are. And you may actually have to sit down and say, okay, well, if my child does this, I will deal with it. But if my child goes this far, then that's when I would call the police and making some very distinct boundaries around what you will deal with and then what you feel like you can't deal with. I would highly recommend writing that down so you have a record of it. You know, if if you don't write something down, it's just it's nothing. So write things down so you have a record and that you can keep track of it and you know 
So establish those good boundaries as a parent. Now, the other thing that you need to keep in mind as a parent is your own reaction to your child's behaviors. Are you escalating with them? Are you matching energy levels? We tend to, as people, as humans, want to match the people around us. Now, you may think that's strange, but I want you to think about this. If you are walking with a group of friends down a sidewalk and you are all walking in the same direction, it will be only a matter of time before you all are walking in step. Okay, that's pretty common. You may have people of different sizes, different, you know, heights, um, and they could be walking down the sidewalk at different speeds. But eventually, over time, people like to be in sync with each other. Now, parents want to be in sync with their child. And when their child is highly escalated in their emotional response, parents often want to match that. And that is the tendency of most parents in order to feel like, hey, okay, they're here. I need to yell louder than them in order to get their attention or to get control. And the reality is, is that if you match your child at that level, they actually have to increase their level in order to be heard or to feel like they're being heard or respected or honored. So be very aware of your own reactions to these behaviors. You will want to approach it at a lower level than wherever they're at. And that sounds easy, but I understand how difficult it can be. It takes effort and energy and really mental focus on your part in order to get to that level where your child could be freaking out and you can still remain calm. Now, I will tell you that when you're working with professionals who deal with children with difficult behaviors, this is what they do. They actually don't approach it at the same energy level as the youth. They actually approach it at a lower level. And the reason being is because we like to be in sync, it actually helps the child de-escalate more, usually helps them de-escalate more to match that level. Now, every once in a while, you'll have the anomaly where they'll act out even more. Uh, but if you keep it consistently at a lower level, there's no need for them to keep it at that high energy. They actually will start to decrease and lower. So you are modeling how to remain calm in difficult situations. A lot easier said than done, I understand. But really pay attention. How do you react when your child becomes aggressive or violent? Are you angry? Are you upset? Are you anxious? Are you freaking out at the same time? Because if those are the responses, you have to say to yourself, okay, what do I want my child to do when they're frustrated? And how can I model that behavior in our interaction? Remember, kids want to be in sync too. So if you come in at an energy that's a little lower than where they're at and start to de-escalate even from there, your child will eventually follow that. It's very, very important. If you watch any one who works with difficult children, you'll find that this is a skill that they have. They're able to approach very high intense emotional children and still remain a level of calmness in their interaction. So that's something that will take some time and really mental effort for a lot of parents to do, but it's important. This is important work for you. And it does take a lot of introspection on your part. Okay. So wonderful. So we've talked about things to consider. We've talked about uh, why ADHD children are more violent. Now I wanted to go over what are the things that you can do. I'm going to give you four specific things that I would like you to do in order to address these negative behaviors. And uh, what is important is that you understand this is going to be a cyclical pattern. 
you're going to repeat these steps over and over and over again in order to help your child de-escalate to a point that you can communicate with them, okay? It is very important not to get distracted while you are using these steps because if your child starts to do something else and you feel like, hey, well, maybe we should talk about that, what happens is the distraction actually destroys the pattern and makes it more difficult for you to remain on task until your child is de-escalated and calm. The goal here is to de-escalate your child and to calm your child down. That's the goal. Uh, And after that, you can discuss all the broken you know, holes in the walls. You can discuss what they threw across the room. You can discuss them like slapping your arm or whatever it may be. Only when things are to the level where they can discuss it, are you going to go back and start discussing these things. While you are dealing with this high emotional child, what you're going to focus on is the present moment because in that high emotionality, your child is in the present. Giving them consequences of things that are in the future will not make sense to them during this whole interaction. So if you're like, you better calm down or, you know, you're not to have a sleepover with your friend, that just doesn't really work very well because your child then becomes distracted by that. But it also may be something that's far off in the future and your child doesn't care because they're stuck in the moment. High emotional state where they are just really focused in on the present. So keep in mind to stay with this cycle until your child is calm. All right. Now, here are the four things that I'm going to ask you to do, and I'll give you an example. First, you're going to give your child a praise or empathy statement. Second, you are going to use observe and describe, which is a skill we have on Smarter Parenting, to objectively point out the negative behavior that they're doing. The third thing you're going to do is give a small behavior-based instruction. And then fourth, you are going to praise them if they follow through, and then you're going to follow through with that again. Okay, those four steps. So let me give you an example of what this looks like. First, it's giving a praise or empathy statement. You can say something like, I can tell you're upset by the way you're raising your voice. Okay, now I've actually combined two, the two steps because I expressed an empathy statement. I can tell that you're upset. And then I used observe and describe because you are raising your voice. Okay. That's a negative behavior. Then I want to give a small behavior-based instruction, which is, I need you to lower your voice. Now you can say, I need you to lower your voice, or you can say, you need to lower your voice. And in fact, I'd probably use more, you need to lower your voice. So you need to lower your voice. And I would repeat those steps. If my child continued to act out, I'd say, okay. Look, I can tell that you're upset because you are, again, raising your voice to me, but you need to lower your voice so we can talk. And it's this whole process of slowing things down. It's this process of just focusing in on one small behavior that they can do. Now, if, the, if my child even slightly lowered the tone, I would praise him for that. Say, hey, thank you for lowering your tone even just a little bit. It's wonderful. And then I would go back. So I can still tell that you're struggling right now. You know, you're still speaking really loud. I need you to lower it just a little bit more so we can talk and bring it down just a little bit more. Now, if you notice in my rate of speech, I'm actually speaking more and more softly as I go. And a lot of people feel like, hey, I need to match this in order to be heard because my child's going to be talking over me. 
the reality is, is that we have more power often as parents when we don't yell and we actually speak softer and slower. There is a great power in that. Now, I'm going to equate this to a movie, so don't come at me because I'm equating this to a movie, but the power behind knowing how to use your voice and how to use your speech can carry a lot of weight. There's a movie that I watched with my wife a couple of years ago, uh, The Devil Wars Prada. And it's interesting to note that the uh, boss in that movie, played by Meryl Streep, her power didn't lie in her being loud and bossy and mean. It was more in these uh, moments when she is quite, she speaks softly. Now, she's super sarcastic, which I'm not asking you t- to do. Please don't do that. However, she does speak softly, and it, there's power in her, the words that she uses and the way that she, she speaks in order to have other people pay attention and listen to her. And although the world around her in the movie is pretty frenetic, she remains pretty consistent in the way that she approaches the world. It's like, this is the way I am, and everyone's going to adjust around that. Now, I I don't want you to turn into the boss from the Devil Wears Prada at all, but I do want you to take into consideration that sometimes the yelling actually is counterproductive because it just escalates everything. You and your child take it to the next level. But by you speaking more softly and then eventually going more, more slowly in your speech actually guides your child into a different form of how to interact with you. So... That's what I would do with this child. I'd continue to go through these steps. Give a praise statement, use, observe, and describe, give a small behavior, and then praise everything. And this is going to take some time, especially with a child that's never done this before. You are going to have to take some time in order to work through this. But any indication of any positive behavior, even if it's small, you need to praise. Okay? Praise that behavior and say, hey, you know, I noticed that you lowered your voice a little bit. That's wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Now I know you're still frustrated because your voice is still really loud and it's hard to communicate. I need you to just lower your voice a bit more so we can talk about the same level as I'm speaking and then pause. Okay. There's power in the pause as well. Just taking time to pause. And so it's important for you to just keep going through these steps until your child is de-escalated. Now, if your child is being violent and hitting you, uh, obviously your first assessment is, are we safe? Is this safe? Is my child going to harm himself or me or damage property to a point where we can't repair it anymore? You are going to have to make that call as a parent. And if your child is in that state and highly in that high emotive state, really evaluate how safely you can engage with your child or if you're going to need help. That is the overall area and those are the things that you need to be thinking about when you're engaging with a violent child. Okay, am I safe? Is the child safe? Is Are we safe? That's the first thing. And if I can do it and de-escalate my child, then I will. Do I need help? And you may need help. Okay, so Again, write down a list of people that you feel you can call on a, in a moment just for some additional help or support. Let them know. That's going to be essential. All right. And then work through that. If your child, if you feel like you can't do it and your child's just going to act out, then your child does need some professional help or you, you as a family will need some professional help in order to help work through that process. Okay. If you feel overwhelmed by it and there's no shame in that. It's very difficult to deal with children who are extremely violent and are aggressive in this manner. So you want to focus in on that. All right, so you're just going to repeat those steps. 
and continue until your child is de-escalated. Be very cautious about your own approach as a parent to this issue. Are you communicating and modeling the behaviors you want your child to have when the emotions are high and everything is intense? You should model those positive behaviors. So just to recap some of the things we've talked about, we've talked about during this podcast, the importance of understanding that with ADHD children, sometimes with high emotion, because they have all this energy, they may be acting out. Children with ADHD don't have the ability to think consequentially into the future of what this behavior means. You give them reasons or trying to give them rationales of why they should not behave in this manner is not going to work when they're in a tantrum behavior. And that your best bet is to focus in on expressing empathy for how they're feeling, observe and describe exactly what you're seeing in the behavior that is negative, but then give them a small instruction of what they should do instead. Now, if you noticed, I didn't give big instructions. Mine was, you just need to lower your voice. Just one instruction. You need to keep it as simple as possible And you need this to happen fairly quickly. So using the example that I gave in this podcast, think of your child and think of an interaction and change the words to what you feel would be appropriate to communicate with your child when they start acting out in a violent manner. Okay. Now, again, it is essential for you to assess, am I safe in engaging with my child when they become violent? Can I help de-escalate my child? And then once my child is de-escalated, then we can explore other ways that my child can express their emotions without resorting to violent behavior. Okay. But it's only when your child's calm that your child is going to be able to understand things better because when they're in a state of high emotional stress, there is no way they're going to understand things that you're trying to explain to them. You want to wait until they're calm in order to discuss these things. So that's what you are going to do and practice with your children who have violent behaviors. Uh, And again, know your boundaries. Know when you need help. Know exactly when you need help. And be very aware of how you're engaging with your child during this interaction. Are you modeling the behavior that you want your child to have in order to get them to be calm? Or are you trying to one-up them and then your child is forced to one-up you and it just continues the cycle of, you know, yelling, screaming, and acting out of control? Be very careful. You can control yourself and you know your own limitations, so be sure that you're making those judgment calls all throughout this process. One thing I did not say that is important to say at this point is if you are dealing with a child who is violent, and you are struggling and you are reaching out for help, it's okay for you to disengage in a way that you can like stop and take a breath. I would highly recommend you do not leave their presence so you can keep an eye on them to be sure that everything is still safe. But it's it's okay to step out and just take a breath and say, I just need a moment and to calm down, and but be there. So we don't want to leave our children when they're in that high emotional state alone. It's not a good place for them, and it's not a safe place for them, okay? So just be very cautious about those things. The very most important thing, though, is to be sure that your child is safe and that you're safe throughout this interaction, and then we can teach towards how they can respond better emotionally to difficult uh, feelings. Now, if it's a manipulation on their part, and they're just doing it to get what they want, you need to be consistent. And you'd use the same four steps, which is, you know, you need to do this, uh, express an empathy statement, use observe and describe, which is on the Smarter Parenting website, give a small behavior instructions, help them de-escalate. And then once they're de-escalated, say, okay, if you want something, 
then there are certain ways that you can get it, but acting out like that is not the way. And then work through a process of what they need to do in order to get what they want. So you would use the same approach. All right. It's tough. It is really, really tough. I will say that with the family uh, that I worked with in trying to implement this process with them, we found easily that uh, they were able to do it because they knew exactly what they were doing step by step. They knew what they were going to say and they planned it out and they knew where their boundaries were. And that's something I think a lot of parents don't do, but it's important for you to not be reactive, but proactive in your approach to parenting, meaning you have to be thinking ahead about things that are happening. You have to plan for things before they happen so you can be prepared when they do happen. If you are only reactive, then you actually bring in a high-intensity person into the environment where your child's already at a high-intensity emotion, and it makes it very difficult for both of you to de-escalate from there. So do the homework on your part and really figure this out and then implement with your child, all right? You can do it. I absolutely believe that you can do it. All right. So do your best. And remember, every day is a new day. So if you feel like it didn't work out too well, just be consistent. Consistency over time is where you are going to see the most change, just like exercise. Can't exercise one day and expect to lose weight. It's just consistency over time. You have to do a little bit here and there every day. And over time, you will see the changes happening. Same thing here. Children don't just change automatically. They need time and you need time in order to integrate new ways of being. All right. But I completely believe in you and I know that you can do it. That's it for me. And I hope you have a great, great day. All right. Bye. Bye.